Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Change Your POV Podcast. You're listening to Headspace and Timing, a show dedicated to breaking down the stereotypes of veteran mental health. I'm your host, Dwayne France. Let's get ready to make sure that your headspace and timing set correctly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Headspace and Timing. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for checking us out. As many of you who serve know, the M2 machine gun, the 50 cal, is one of the greatest weapons in the military's arsenal. The weapon's headspace and timing isn't set right, however, it's just a huge chunk of metal. Veterans can be rendered inoperable if their headspace and timing is not set correctly either. That's my mission here, to raise awareness about veteran mental health and reduce the stigma against seeking support. Each week we'll talk about different aspects of veteran mental health and interview mental health professionals that are working with veterans, service members, and their families around the country. All right, hey folks, welcome back to the Headspace and Timing Show. My name is Dwayne France, and I'm your host. Uh, I got a pretty special show for you today. This is going to be a little interesting. This is uh, this is about to get a little bit real uh, because uh, I have someone coming on to talk about something that's uh, that's pretty important, but uh, uh, but it's also uh, somebody that I know, somebody that I know personally. This is where the the two parts of my lives kind of merge and mash in together so uh, i would like to introduce my uh, my friend my compadre my battle buddy uh mr brian alexander brian good morning how are things going hey morning to you france slash Dwayne. um things are going well um i'm very honored that you would you know seek me out and uh you know especially after the blog which i guess we'll get into a little bit later good morning Absolutely, good deal. So, uh, how about you? Uh, before we get into the uh, the stripes, tell a story. How about you tell uh, the audience a little bit about you? Uh, maybe not so much about me, but you can sneak some of that in there if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I joined the army with all intenses to uh, do the short three to four year stint, move on out, and. Uh, well, that obviously didn't happen. Life happened. Uh, met my my beautiful bride, Angel Alexander, and uh, we have a beautiful son, Talon. Um, of course, uh, you know things came with a with a cost. Um, you know, I stayed in, and I'm currently at 15 years. Um, I've moved between Fort Carson, which is where I met Dwayne. Um, I've been in the 82nd, the 173rd. I spent three years in Washington, D.C. on staff. Um, so, you know, it definitely 
when I decided I wasn't going to raise my right hand again, I did it several times. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. So you were uh, you were at Bragg. Bragg was your first duty station, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, so you were at Bragg for a while. You deployed with them. Uh, when was that? So I was in Fort Bragg from uh, let's see, late two thousand one on into uh, mm, two thousand eight, early two thousand eight, when I came back from uh, the fifteen monther. Yeah. So you were. Um you came to us in between our 15-month tour in Iraq and then that first, uh, that first time in Afghanistan. I was, uh, I was trying to think this morning of uh, sort of the, the moment that we met or whatever, you know? Or the, but, uh, but I was a platoon sergeant. Uh, you were a staff sergeant. One thing I do remember was uh, we were just starting to build the platoon back up from being reconstituted after everybody leaving. Uh, and... Uh, I think we had reflagged. Uh, they had brought me back up to the company to kind of uh, do some uh, some reconstitution. <laughs> and uh, and I remember, I think there was a point where you and Sar Major were Parks were standing behind our formation, and he was talking to you. And I was afraid that he was going to be stealing you away from our <laughs> platoon. Uh, and immediately after you left, I went up to him. And I'm like, uh, you know, Sar Major, I need this guy. I can't. Uh, I can't do. I'm, the war's going to be lost without him. Do not, uh, do not take him from me. And uh, and he didn't, which was cool. That was good. Yeah, I think uh, to add to that, uh, Sergeant Major walked me from the battalion headquarters all the way to Alpha Company, talking to me, and he said, "Oh, I see you're a senior rated jumpmaster. Well, let me tell you, you know, I have a high expectation for you. Blase, blase, blase. And and then I get in there, and you're sitting in the first sergeant's office, and I see another senior rated jump master and whether that's a, uh, you know, a connection piece or not, uh, people looked at us differently, especially because of our MOSs and that we had kind of stepped out to do greater things, um, challenging things. And you can't screw up when you're up there. So, but anyways, yeah, it was, it was a funny moment <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, that's right. So that was, uh, and, and I think it, because we were battling with, uh, uh, we were almost sitting at reception trying to grab uh, people uh, as they came out to make sure. And so uh, you were you were part of uh, a really great crew, a good crew. You know, I, I couldn't have, uh, uh, we, and I know I speak for uh, Blake Howard, the LT, that uh, we wouldn't have been nearly as successful if it wasn't for you and, and Jamie Grant and Erica Miranda and, and the sections and, and the times that the people. By the way, I've seen a picture of Blake. And all his kiddos and, and life has gone on there in Hawaii. And I, you know, I couldn't, I was smiling and I cried at the same time because, you know, I often wonder where our uh, folks are at, you know. And, uh, well, he's, uh, he's doing well. I'm sure he's got his, uh, he's, he's taking people to the gun show. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's <laughs> doing that whole thing like, uh, like he likes to do. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, I've mentioned him a couple times in the podcast here, so I may have to have him on at one time. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so uh, you and I deployed to Afghanistan RC East for a uh, a few good times in the mountains. We kicked it there a little bit with the the folks. Yeah. And uh, and and then uh, I left. Uh, you stayed. You went to one seventy third. I went to another. So there was a there was a period of you know we we come together and then we separate. Mm -hmm. Then uh, then you and I. Um, of course, we stayed in contact, and we were in D.C. last year, uh, the family and I. We came out 
because uh, obviously my wife and, and Angel are, are you know friends as well and talent and the kids. Yeah. Um, so I, I had come out to D.C. and it's one of these things about uh, it, a folks. We're we're getting to the point of whole veteran mental health here. Everybody's like, what is this? You know, why am I listening to these two just freaking jacked around? Veteran mental health does have something to do with it because the the big thing is is the connection to those people that we served with. It's sort of like an enduring bond. Here's a story I don't think I told you, Brian, but it was really going through my uh, my mind. When I was a teenager, uh, my uh, aunt and uncle lived right next door to my grandmother, and we, it was a big family. We hung out all the time, and I was over at my aunt and uncle's house. My uncle Cliff retired from the army as a CW four, and uh, and, and wow. he was sitting on the porch with this guy, uh, you know, little short guy, little you know, round face, old ponytail, gray hair, and man, they were talking like they were you know best friends, right? And I said. Uh, you know, I asked, I think, my Aunt Karen, I was like, you know, who's that guy? I've never seen him before, you know, because we're, again, big family and everybody knows each other. Uh, and she was like, yeah, that's one of one of your uncle's army buddies. And I'm like, yeah, do they hang out often or whatever? And she was like, no, they haven't seen each other in like 12 years. But yet, when you get, you sit on the porch and you connect with somebody like that, um, and it's it's almost as if you pick up and you, you, you don't, uh, you don't lose any time. And I think that uh, a lot of veterans uh, who are listening to this can absolutely re- relate to that. And and uh, and I think that that was really what was going on in my mind. Because I don't think we'd seen each other for probably about five or, or six years when I came out to uh, to D.C. At last least. year. At least. So, um, going to that, uh, you know, sometimes we don't know what we say, how we say it, how it's going to be interpreted. But who cares? We're veterans. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to say it, you know. And uh, it takes courage to do that. And and you know, it takes courage to ask for help or you know anything we do. Um, so I think you know our moment on that porch that day, sunsetting, you and me just rem- reminiscing of our times in Afghanistan and let's just say 150 movements at least 30 ticks um, whether they were long or small you know and and for those who don't know that are listening ticks is troops in contact so yeah it was, uh, it was uh, a little a little chippy right it was yeah it got a little sporty a little sporty that's uh. right it was a little <laughs> just a little bit a little bit of a uh, little bit of action so uh, you know uh yeah, as we began to talk, and you took my words, and and then you put your spin on it as well from your memory of things, you know. And I think you know the blog was fantastic. Uh, I remember reading it. I actually brought it out the other day and read it to my son, and uh, there was a por- portion of it I couldn't get through. I was pretty messed up, but you know uh, that's part of healing. And I think when you're a veteran you have to recognize that healing is a lifelong process dependent on exposure and dependent on the person, you know, um, we don't often want to admit our weaknesses, um, especially us men, you know, so. No, I mean, and that's, and that's true. And that's the big thing we're trying to do here is just kind of break down the stigma and, you know, change the way people think about this stuff. But the, uh, so, so we keep talking about this blog and, and, uh, the article, uh, on the Headspace and Timing blog that uh, that 
that I wanted to bring out. And what I've been doing here with the podcast has been maybe I'll interview a clinical mental health professional. I've had some veterans on talking about their own mental health journey. Then other times I would talk about like posts that I wrote that, that maybe were pertinent. Uh, and I'll link to those, this post in the show notes. Uh, but as I came across, and this is one that I had, you know, sort of uh, scheduled, then I was like, it's, it's really based on something that, uh, that you had said. And so I figured it would be great for you to come on and we talk about it. So the, this is, uh, is going to be like a whole franchise. This is going to be like the story behind the blog, the Stripes Tell a Story, but not the whole story. So it's, uh, it, it, was, it was an offhand comment that you made. Uh, and it was a story uh, that you told uh, that sort of struck me and, and kind of uh, put this in my mind. So just put it in context. This is, um, this is actually, I think I mentioned it to you. This is the second most read, well, this is the, the most viewed blog article on this, the, the website, the second most overall. The other one's an infographic. But this is, every time I share it, I mean, I've, I've had Canadian soldiers, British soldiers, are, are really, um, you know, and, and of course, uh, veterans. Everybody says this really resonates with them, the, the, the meaning and the statement that, uh, um, that you said. And, and so it's, it's always one that's sort of a crowd favorite, and, uh, and it talks about the, the stripes on our uniform. And so the, uh, the, the stripes, of course, we call them overseas service bars because the Army loves to be euphemistic, right? You and I... <laughs> You and I weren't truck drivers, although we drove. Well, we didn't always drive trucks, but nah. we were motor motor transport operators, right? And so the army <laughs> likes to play with uh, with words, um, but uh, of course we call them combat stripes. And very true. And for those of you who don't know, the combat stripes are are hash marks, um, sort of. Uh, what is it on the right hand, the the right uh, arm yep. of the dress uniform? Uh, and each combat stripe represents six months of overseas service. Uh, and, and for, you know, you had your 15 month in Iraq, I had my 15 months. So that would have been, you know, like uh, uh, two and, and a half really, but it all accumulates. Right. And uh, definitely adds up. <laughs> so, and I think uh, that I went with mine and I had a 15 month combat tour, a 12 month and a nine month combat tour. Um, and that's, that's six stripes. But that's not just six stripes. That's like you know years of, of, of being deployed to combat. Definitely. Uh, so, so that's sort of the premise behind the stripes. Uh, there's a story behind the stripes, um, but then that's not the whole story. And uh, and so I'd like to hear the story, or, or I'd like to for you to tell the audience that whole that the moment when you walked into the civilians and that whole thing. You were dressed up in in your salad suit and. So, so give us some of that. Give us a backstory. Yeah, um, you know, uh, for the civilian sector, you know, I had all my flair for the, for the, you know, military, all branches. You know, I, I was in my best dress. Um, I, I believe I was about to attend a graduation uh, where I worked at, and uh, you know, they came in and they were like, "Whoa." what does all this mean on on each arm and so i told him you know it was my time in service and and then i got into the overseas stripes but here recently you know uh, and i say recently as of 2010 11 whatever um we and maybe i shouldn't stereotype everyone but several of the service members began to call them combat stripes 
Um, but I told them very quickly that it wasn't the time that was represented by each stripe. It was a time that was represented between them. And the reason that is, is because everybody wants to give you kudos as a soldier when you go off to war and when you return home safely. And if you don't return home safely, we're still bringing you home. But, you know, the point is that there is a healing process that doesn't really occur. Um, I'd say that because... You know, we we are constantly in training, constantly. Right. And, and and this was, uh, you know, for a lack of better terms, this is when we had four brigade combat teams. Uh, you know, fast forward, we've gone back to three. Um, things have downsided. People have shifted. But I'm talking at the height of the war, we were constantly in cycle. And for those of who are listening, you totally understand this. There was... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, there was no I, breathing room. No, there wasn't. I and um and and we when you were talking about the space between the stripes, we we're talking about those times between uh, the deployments, and that we call it high operational tempo and something like that. Uh, and this is what I tell people is that uh, from 2006, when I landed on ground here in Fort Carson, all the way up until 2013, there was not one full calendar year that I was home. Uh, for a uh, for the full year, you know, some of that was included in the 15 month tour, uh, the 12 month tour in Afghanistan. Uh, but even in uh, 2008, which quote unquote should have been a uh, a downtime, a full year where I was home because we didn't deploy again until 2009, uh, the Army, in its infinite wisdom, decided to send me back out on recruiting duty for three months over the summer of 08. So I, I still had, you know, and and, and it was you know, whatever it was called wasted or. But it was it was still time uh, that time between our deployments were taken up um, by so much time uh, that we didn't have time to wind down. Is that sort of uh, what you were getting yeah, you at know, as far and, as in betweens? Yeah, and I don't want to insult you know the military or insult you know anyone out there, but I'm just going to say like it is from a veteran standpoint. Like I said earlier, that's what we do, and. We were literally putting band-aids and just stopping the hemorrhaging for the time being. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot made it to the golden hour. And, and But, you know, you can only put so many band-aids on a leaky hose. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that's something that uh, even even being in combat, you know, that was that was sort of easy, right? We we figured out we, we knew what was going on. We we knew, um, you know, we didn't have to worry about eating, right? You know, we had chow every morning. You yes. and Jamie and Blake would always, yes. uh, you know, meet up and go chow, or you know. But so we had our routine, uh, and and then we knew what we were doing. So in some instances, and this is going to be a little strange for those who who maybe never deployed, but the combat was easier. Than uh, than coming home maybe and and figuring did you uh, did you experience that Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if I could say this, but I, I knew where the best toilet was uh, for the bigger fobs, uh, and I knew the chow hours. I, I I knew if I came in late on some of my other deployments, if they were going to have late hours, um, I you know because the army runs on its stomach. Let me just say that for the army folks, um, and. You know, 
I knew when I the best time was to go to the MD, MWR to make a phone call, one phone call, you know. Um, and it, that phone call was so important for my family, you know. Um, I, I remember when we were down for 36 hours, we were pinned down. And uh, nobody knew FRG was getting weird information and and you and I and the rest of the convoy and the team, we had to straighten it all out, you know, and figure it back out. But, yeah, no, definitely when I came back from what I think is somewhat controlled because that's what we do when we go to combat, we try to control the situation from an offensive or defensive posture. And when you come back to this place called society, America, <laughs> you are one of everybody you know there is no occupying by force rather you know and so it's definitely an adjustment piece and like i i said earlier you know um when you're not here so long maybe a year that's not really too long to adjust before you go back somewhere else so yeah definitely yeah you know you can uh you know you can engage to uh modify the the home front operational environment right <laughs> you know it's uh, it, because it's a matter of you know that it's going to be uh, just a matter of time before you're taken out and you know and that's hard right that shift between what we what we experienced while we were deployed and then the shift when we we came back um you know we we couldn't uh we could no longer and i'd say it uh, pretty often there's there were no such thing as stop signs in afghanistan right we didn't i think we had a we had there was a stoplight near the soccer ball right there in uh, in jbab but we didn't really pay attention to it so <laughs> it wasn't something that uh, that we really i mean and, and, and you know we joke and we laugh but it's but it was all about operational security and things like that is is you know we things didn't apply to us there and now we have to make that shift to apply to us here exactly and, and deliberate yeah, deliberate and swift movements yeah and, and some some are able to make that shift pretty easily and others uh, don't make that shift but but other times when you try to make that shift from uh one place you know from it, knowing that you have to make that shift you're going back to afghanistan you know in in you know 12 14 months or back to iraq and and so psychologically it was it was kind of hard but it was hard yes. uh, it was hard on the family too right Yes, definitely. I mean, and we hear about it all the time for the younger generation out there. You know, you come home and you're gonna you're gonna take back over the bills, and you're gonna you're just gonna fit right in, and everything's gonna be okay. But hey, <laughs> wrong. You know, uh, if you're married, you know your significant other has been doing things a certain way, and they have lived a certain way. And they understand. Uh, I remember a short story when a salesman came to my house to try to sell me some super good meat. And uh, I said, well, I, I can't do that, sir. I'm not, I'm not obligated. I mean, obligated is the wrong word, but I, I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> and he said, aren't you the man of the house? And I said, you have no idea what I do. <laughs> and... She is the one who pays the bills, okay, because I'm here today, and I am gone tomorrow, and he was a, 
so confused, you know, yeah, so confused. Um, I'm not even gonna be here to eat half of this steak. Yeah, you, exactly. I'm not, I'm not even gonna get off my porch. Off leave my me porch. some meat, you know. Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, you, you, you try to explain this to to people who just live like day to day. You know, they're just trying to make ends meet, and they just don't understand. And you know, that was that time of that whole, like I said, the height of the war. Um, I think now we've got a lot of folks coming home. There's still a lot of things going on out there, but yeah, um, some folks are very confused by it. You so know, you had a, a period of time where, um, it, quote unquote, a break. I guess you were you were in 173rd in Afghanistan after our deployment. I, yeah. Um, you were. Um, when did you go to uh, Afghanistan with 173rd? So uh, I would have been there. I left. Fort Carson in, let's see, got there in 8, 9, 10, 11, so late 11, early 2012, okay, uh, I went there with, without my family, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking, because I was, I was in Kabul at the time on a MIT team, and I think we were in yep. theater at the same time, but, but you were, uh, obviously, uh, back in, uh, um, where you were at, and then um, I didn't get out of the the capital. Uh, but it, so I had uh, I had waved well time, of course, you know, because that's what we do. And and was back in Afghanistan, uh, I think nine or ten months after we had redeployed um, in uh, in uh, from four four here in Carson. Uh, but then you you were whisked out of one seventy third and into the battleground DC, right? So you had. Yes. You you were sort of watching the war, kind of. You, you had a, I mean, you were you weren't deployed, and the, the you no. were in D.C. for three years. So, what was that like, um, going from sort of uh, you know ninety miles an hour to, to a totally different full stop in uh, in, in the capital region? Uh, so, I mean, two dimensions here, personal and professional. Um, you know, personally, it was hard. I was trying to understand things. Uh, I had I'd been a trigger puller for less of better terms, and now I'm not doing that. You know, uh, I had been fighting bad guys off, and and now I'm fighting bad guys off in a different way. You know, um, trigger person, trigger puller to a pencil pusher. <laughs> yes, yeah, something like this. Um, so instead of using so much of my physical stuff, I was using more of my mental uh, aspect of who I am to to make things go. Um, and surrounded by very intelligent people there, um, which gave me a total different view of life and and life in the military. And so that was good. I was very humble um, uh, from a per- personal standpoint. It was difficult because with me not being able to understand this whole somebody just came off the accelerator and slammed on the air brakes, um, <laughs> there was this kind of dimension where, oh, you're angel. Oh, you're Talon. Wait a minute. Talon, you're, you've, you've really gotten taller. Um, oh, wife. You know, I mean, so there – was this slowdown where I, I was just so like confused, really confused. Um, 
Yeah, and that's but, something that, that we talk about in the in the blog there, that space uh, kind of before and after the stripes. We were one type of individual before we went into uh, the thing that produced the stripes, uh, and then we became something uh, different after. It changed us. Um, you know, I know in, in, you know how much you want to talk about it, but you got a TBI, right? You had... Uh, um, yeah, you know, yeah, I was, uh, a, a, I was injury blown up twice. Yeah, as yeah. you as you talked about, uh, you know, fortunately I was able. I had my legs, my arms, everything was still intact. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there was some things that came along with that that couldn't be seen, and uh, that's why I always say, you know, we we talk about this thing between the stripes. Well, sometimes there's those unthinged seen that you can't see, you know, that that uh, that fabric that doesn't matter, right? That's what you said, I think, in the blog was something that um, those bits of, of, of things, you know, and, and but unfortunately, they do matter. They matter yeah. to me. You they're like they're they're like tiny, you know. I think it was a tiny scraps of cloth or whatever, but yes, the width yes. of them, right? You know, and it's not, yeah. you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking it's not just the space between the stripes, but space between our ears, right? You know, yeah. the, because yeah. that's where that's where a lot of that stuff is happening. So as we're going through those stripes and sort of climbing that ladder of the uh, the combat uh, uh, stripes uh, going up our arm. Uh, then we come out the other side for whatever reason. Obviously, I retired. Um, I came here uh, and and I went did one little stint with Tenth Group uh, to North Africa. Then after that, I, I hung up the old uh, jump boots and and kind of didn't deploy. And so there's a there's a space after the stripes, um, and you kind of went through that as you you actually hadn't deployed um, since uh, since you came back from 173rd just because of correct. The, the nature of the units and and the, the things you're doing, even though you're still active duty now, yeah. So so that's an adjustment in trying to get used to the new you. You know, I hear a lot of veterans often say, "I wish I could go back to my 17 year old self." Yeah. Do you want to do that? <laughs> you know, uh, I'll be 39 in a month, and uh, though that's not old, uh, you know, my body's starting to feel a few things, and I uh, I'm thankful. Um, that I'm here. Uh, there were days where I wasn't so sure. I was trying to figure things out, you know. Um, and I don't mean suicidal. I just mean that I was really confused. I had seen a lot, done a lot. Um, and, and there are guys out there, guys and gals, and who have seen more than me. Um, so I, uh, I find a lot of pleasure in my work now. Um, it's uh, sometimes a thankless job. As I as I do a lot of the future planning for my organization and, and help facilitate the guys to get training, but when that training happens, you know that packet makes it all the way to the approving authority and the funding is there and the training happens. There's a smile on my face because I know one thing: I may have given them that one bullet to win the war or to save their life, and you know that's kind of. So the whole seventeen, nah, I was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that's that's exactly what I said. You know, I don't want to go be back and be that moron. He didn't know anything, right? You know, he couldn't get a girl, and I mean, he just was it was just not uh, not that I could get a girl. Now I've got one. She's not, yeah, you know. But uh, 
But yeah, I mean, that's a, everybody says, you know, oh, or, or maybe if this wouldn't have happened uh, and I would have had, you know, living on some alternative reality. You know, that, that may be great for the comics to have Universe 1 and Universe 2, but that's, that's <laughs> not our reality. Is in, but you said something there, Brian, that the, you know, finding, uh, finding joy or, or finding pleasure in what you're doing now. Um, you know, that's, that's hugely important to kind of calm down that space after the stripes. Um, you, you're still in the military, so you have the, the kind of the purpose and the meaning. Um, but I, I think you had said, even while you were in D.C., you were like, what am I doing here? I'm supposed to be somewhere else. You had to shift your, your purpose a little bit when you were there sort of uh, in the mixing bowl. Exactly. Um, I think I, I will direct this towards... Uh, one of my SAR majors here recently came online and introduced me to a book, uh, Starting With Why. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started reading this book after uh, uh, Leaders Development you know, uh, Forum, for lack of better words. And, you know, one of the things in the book I took away from was there was an American auto uh, industry and there was this you know, foreign auto industry and the American auto industry went over there to, to look at the, the foreign auto industry's assembly line. And, um, the problem lied in that same car, exact same car, exact same door, but the American auto industry couldn't figure out why they couldn't get this door to properly fit. And so, they come to the end of the foreign auto industries assembly line and they didn't do something that the Americans did. And, and the American auto industry folks were like, well, why didn't you do that? You know, why don't you have that last quality control check before it comes off? And the foreign industry said, well, that's because we ensure the engineering is done correctly at the beginning. And I tell you all that to say, sometimes we can have the best plans in our life, where we're going to go, how we're going to get there. But when we hit that wall, we have to understand one thing. Why? Why did we get here? And whether it be the conflicts that we've seen. Why am I sitting in front of a, a TV crying right now? It, it's a it's a Hallmark movie. It's Christmas. I should be happy. <laughs> it's a, a, a freaking puppy it's, commercial. What's going on? It's the Muppets. Why aren't I laughing? You know. Right. And that's okay. That's that's healing. And and now where we are, where I'm at. In all this, I say that that time between the stripes has has increased, and I'm I'm getting more time to kind of heal and, and figure things out, so that if I do uh, in my latter years have to move forward, I'm gonna be ready for it. You know, yeah, and I think that's a that's a, a really great point that not a lot of uh, our brothers and sisters, of course, not just soldiers, but but throughout all the service, they really don't think about that time after the service. Right. You know, there's this this fog, you know, everybody, it's sort of theoretical. We know that we're going to get out of the military one day, but it doesn't seem real. We don't believe it, obviously. Um, and and it's it's not something that actually is going to happen. 
Um, you know, it's uh, you get out when you retire or, or when I retired. I got another 40 years, God willing, right? You know, it's, it's yeah. a whole other lifetime. Heck uh, yeah. I'm going I'm to be a veteran twice as long as I was a soldier. Uh, and for many of the young men and women, they're going to be a veteran, you know, seven times as long maybe as they're going to be a soldier. Right. So, right. so preparing for the, uh, the space after the stripes, so to speak, the time after the service, uh, and, and getting that sort of set so that you can have stability, uh, that's pretty important. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I will just say this real quick. Um, we are to heavily armored vehicles from Iraq 2003 where we were putting sandbags in the floorboards. We are moving and changing. And that's across the fighting forces. And uh, I hope, like you said early on, the stigma begins to be removed and people come online. And if they need help, they get it first. Because I used to tell my guys, head to toe, in and out. That's 360 soldier concept. We cannot move you forward if you're not as good on the inside as you are on the outside or vice versa you know so um you know the army and just speaking of that because that's where i'm at is is going to slow down the marines are going to slow down uh navy coast guard uh air force it's not going to slow down yeah you know no, we you're right. there will always be a bully <laughs> you know, I was I was shocked, man. I was, you know, is uh, August first, twenty fourteen, was my first day not in uniform in uh, in twenty two years, uh, and, and I went back to Fort Carson just to check it out, right? And you know what they they still had formation, right? Like the flag <laughs> went up, the flag went without yeah. me, right? Yeah. The army kept yeah. going, exactly. And I'm like, what the heck? With, yeah. you know, I mean, and and all joking aside, but but it's it's really a kind of like the army's going to keep going. Uh, the military is yeah. going to keep going and, and it, and it kept going after, uh, you know, pops and uncles came back from Vietnam and it's going to keep going after the, uh, the, the, the brothers and sisters, uh, come back from the, from the, the war zones right now. And so exactly, uh, you know, yeah. And what you, is it? The army keeps rolling along. Is that the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you I'm just put me that. on a topic yeah. that I was thinking about that we were sitting in DC and that was, I think I remember telling you how confused I was when I realized you were gone. I realized my first sergeant was gone. I realized my friends that I had served countless hours with in combat were, they had moved on. I mean, they weren't dead, but they had moved on. And I was left there on an island, you know. And I think that one hit me the most because, you know, I thought back when I was at my early coming back from deployments uh, when I was in the 80 deuce and looking down the line and realizing there were no familiar faces, just new people to train. And uh, it was confusing, scary, and, you know, as a leader, you know, we're, we're kind of trained not to show fear. Um, but, yeah, exactly I was like, what the heck just happened, you know? And, and that's, that's, a, that's, and, and that's that adaptability, you're right. That's, uh, yeah. and, and that, that brings back because obviously, yes, um, I think is after we came back from block leave and we all just split and, uh, yeah. and I went over and took over golf company as a first sergeant and, and, you know, Eldon went with me and, you know, and so we all just sort of, uh, 
scattered to the winds. It's like high school graduation, right? You know, only you yeah. know, after you know bullets and. <laughs> But it is. I mean, and it's and it's one of those things that uh, you know people PCS and it's all, you know, uh, or, or shift around and and then we have our own missions, right? So you know we yeah. dig in. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, first sergeant uh, and, and the commander, you know, took off and it was, and so yeah, we and 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 that kind of adaptability it takes a big shift, especially when it's, it's the brotherhood and the sisterhood and the people that we served with yeah. while we were deployed. You know, obviously. You guys were my security blanket. You know, I didn't suck my thumb, but, you know, <laughs> you know, well, I knew it, I was OK. And right, because you, you reach out and you're just like, uh, you know, it's that that sense of comfort and familiarity that uh, that that comes with trusting and knowing and understanding. Hey, uh, exactly. And that's what I was going to say is that I've what that taught me years later was that um, we surround our pe- ourselves with people we trust or people that we can build rapport with uh, and that can help move the ball past the 50 yard line, you know, kind of concept. And it, it began to hone my ability to see attributes and characters and people and, you know, know when things were wrong, you know, look, man, things are a little off for you. How can I help you? You know? So, um, but it, it's good thing, you know, making new friends, you know, school starts every year. <laughs> Army army brats or army brats. Yeah. So so uh, the so you uh, I guess it was a little line uh, that you said uh, something about the space. And you told me that story about how the civilians were were just like you know the civilians you worked with didn't understand. Uh, then I went back uh, to my hotel and actually this was uh, this was a post that was not it wasn't scheduled. I had actually this was written just before Memorial Day. 2016 and i actually had a memorial day post um where uh me and connie and the kids had gone down to um the uh the memorials literally the memorials and and spent some time the world war ii and vietnam and korean war memorial and so i i had this whole planned post right you know that i wrote and it was all this major construction then this one was just kind of a throwaway uh and then i sent it to you because you know and i i I sent you the email said you're inspirational because you did inspire me to to write this and then you sent it out like you blew up my, you know, because I went the next. I was like, "What's happening here?" Because, like, you sent it to a couple people. What was the reaction um, from right after that uh, to people that you had sent it to um, after you had read? It? Um, well said, well written, um, very, very on point. You know, they were, they just, they were taken back. You know, and I said, "Well, I didn't write it." I'm not that wordy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Kidding. But my point was, I said, uh, you know, I kind of gave them the backstory and told them, you know, this a dear friend of mine, uh, uh, a leader I looked up to, um, still do. And um, I said he, he kind of took some of his thoughts and some things I had thrown out there, and then that's kind of where we went. And I, I think when they read it, they weren't really expecting what they read. And I think, and I feel, in my opinion, that that it made them think about similar things in their own life, whether professional or personal. You know, so that's kind of where I'm going with that. And I think that's a, this this for a lot of people. The feedback I've gotten is it helps them uh, generate the awareness. They said that it had 
put in words uh, thoughts that they, you know, had been thinking, but they hadn't been able to articulate. You know, I've heard yeah. people that have taken this and sent it to somebody, you know, sent it to their spouse or whatever, um, and, and, it, and it helped them have a conversation. Um, there's actually another uh, post uh, that's sort of, because I, I do some work for um, another uh, online community, um, but then there was a, the, the other side of the stripes, the spouses and the families. They have a different experience of those stripes, um, those combat stripes, that front side, the, the glory side with all the yellow little stitching. That looks nice, but then the back side's all sticky and crappy. And, you know, so yeah. our families um, experience the, um, the, the deployments in a, in a much different way. And so uh, that's what I've gotten back from this is it's really helped start conversations about what it's really like. Yeah, you know, that sticky, crappy side, it's not always pretty, but it's what holds them together. Um, and, you know, definitely. Um, I I called a dear friend of mine the other day, and I told him I was going to be doing this, and, uh, you know, I would send him the link to the blog, and he said, oh, that's awesome, I, I can't wait. And he said, um, he said, I, I, in closing with him, I said, you know, I guess the biggest thing, you know, you and I, this whole thing happening, it's, it's like Dr. Seuss, you know, throwing that one starfish back, can't save them all, but man, if I can save that one, you know, and, and that's kind of where I, I really like this is that I found myself very alone sometimes and, you know, you know, wife confused, son trying to figure out things and, you know, you know, um, so 20 times better than we ever were um, on a personal take. But it took a lot of work. It took as much work as it does to get guys overseas and bring them home, you know. Um, and if we put that kind of emphasis on trying to regain that relationship with our significant other, you know, um, that's a plus. So I'll leave you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Great thoughts, man. So, you know, in uh, sort of in closing, you know, you, you hear a lot, and, and we talked a lot to our Joes, and I think this is a benefit that uh, that you and me and Jamie and Miranda and even, you know, um, uh, Fajardo, and uh, for the team, we, we had a parallel uh, element where uh, two platoons ran the same mission, uh, and even attachments, you know, with our, our medics and, and, uh, and our boy, um, you know, Sergeant Blake with the mechanics there, you know, a little bit of sporty element. Um, but, uh, you know, we, um, we, we, we had all that, but we also made sure at that point to really talk to our Joes and look them face to face and say, look, this isn't a video game. This isn't Call of Duty. What you're doing is real life. What you're doing is, is actual, you know, you just, that dude literally did just die. You didn't, it's, there's no reset on this kind of thing. So what would you say? To a, a soldier or a veteran who says, you know, forget that crap, man. I'm not going to go talk to a shrink. I'm not going to go, you know, talk to anybody. You know, they, they want to. What would you say to somebody who says, screw talking about mental health? I think, you know, for simplicity's sake, I would say it's time for an asthma check. Um, is North still true North or magnetic North? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, when I was when I was in the 173rd, I ran into our guys. When I was redeploying back to come to DC, I ran into our some of our guys from our old platoon, 
uh, the Wakefields, um, uh, a few of the other guys. And uh, I'll tell you, um, regardless whether you're retired or you're still in, you owe it to yourself, to your family, um, to the rest of the military. You owe it to them to get right. And, but like I said, most importantly, yourself. Because if you can't fix self, you can't help anybody else out. And so stop being selfish. It's time to get yourself right so you can help somebody else out who isn't right. Another veteran. Another somebody who's on their face, you know. And so, you know, that's kind of where I would go with that. I don't mean to be so heavy, but it is what it is, you know. Um, It's time to man up, woman up, whatever. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's good. I'd I'd say that's a mic drop, but you know the mics are kind of expensive, so I don't want to drop the mic <laughs> too much. But uh, so good deal, man. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, we, uh, we we didn't embarrass each other with some of the, the really embarrassing stories. Uh, you want to throw a story out there? Tell tell the audience a story about me. Something that's just gonna not not too embarrassing. You, give me something a mid level, a story. I don't know. So. As you can see, my man's got a little less hair than he used to. Um, and if you can't, he's bald. Uh, so we're we're sitting in our hooch, and it's it's October time frame, and uh, <laughs> we get some presents, and <laughs> one of our guys gets a wig, and it happens to be some long black hair. And I remember, <laughs> I have the picture, some friends put that on his head, and he looked like something out of 1970s, and we were rolling, we were laughing so hard. Uh, so, that was one story. <laughs> you know, I think that uh, you got to give me that picture, maybe we'll throw that in the show notes there. And, uh, oh, yeah, sure definitely. Like. We'll, we'll, put, uh, we'll put that picture right next to Boxer Boy, and, yeah. uh, and then... Oh. Be able I should to, tell that story. You want to tell? You want to tell? But go ahead and tell. Uh, it's so we're we're telling yeah. all that you know. This is this is the kind of this is for the audience. Maybe if you had deployed, you know, we don't talk about the firefights and stuff. We talk about the uh, my my buddy uh, Jeff Adamek, one of the other hosts. He calls it jackassery. So this is straight <laughs> yeah. jackassery. So exactly. give us a little bit yeah. of finish it off with Boxer Boy. So we were held up halfway through our um, objective and. Um, we were held down due to intel. It was a really sh- crappy day night, and um, we had a couple vehicles go down. And so guys were trying to get vehicles repaired. And anyways, well, we have local nationals. Like, you could turn your laundry in, and they would wash your laundry. Well, apparently they washed my laundry extra special because I got – Instead of having, like, large boxers, I got medium, small, medium boxers back. And uh, I happened to have packed one of those pair in my um, in my bag, and that's all I had. So I put them on, and it was horrible. There was, like, no breathing room. Uh, anyways, <laughs> my guys were really down. It was, it, was, it was shitty. So I literally had a pair of boxers on. My combat boots and a PT belt across my chest as we wear it in the military because you want to be safe when you're safety, about to. Full safety. Yes, yep. safety first. And so 
I was teaching them how to do stretches in this attire. In and, the towel. Uh, Don't forget the towel. Yes, you had the towel and a towel. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because I didn't want to offend anybody. Yeah. Um, and long story short, my name, Boxer Boy, was born, and everybody was in tears with laughter because of how ridiculous I looked and what I was doing. So, But that's what we do for morale. Yeah, we do craziness. We, we do we do insanity. <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I think it's uh, it's really going to be beneficial for a lot of people, not even just to understand a little bit of the story behind the blog, but but to hear um, that uh, the message that you know don't don't wait too long. Don't don't wait till um, you're you're at stage four crisis mode before you reach out for help. Let's uh, let's get something done. Exactly. We're not uh, we're not making wine. We're saving lives. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, folks, that's the uh, the wrap for this episode. Thank you for uh, taking a peek behind the curtain, uh, so to speak, with uh, with long hair, uh, long hair platoon sergeant and boxer boy here, and uh, and we look forward to hearing you next week. Feel free to reach out to us uh, either at changeyourpov.com or at veteranmentalhealth.com where you'll see the show notes. Uh, we definitely like to have a conversation about veteran mental health. Thank you very much. We'll talk Thank to you. you next week. Take care. Looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes.